A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. 20... Oh, goodness. <laughs> 2020. Wow, you're off to a rocking start. I um, I was, I was so excited, and you could tell. Barbara Walters, you're not. <laughs> and then the minute I opened my mouth, I thought, it, it's 20, 2020? Is that it? <laughs> Good grief. Wow. You're Dan Hansen, and this is 2019. It's like Groundhog's Day all over yeah. again. Really, so much of my life feels like Groundhog's Day. Apparently. What is that? That's that's when it just feels like it repeats over and over. Yeah, and that's the, a movie where wow, he keeps re- yeah he keeps reliving the same day over and over yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, Groundhog's Day, ironically. Yeah. Gotcha. Day it's not today. No. Today is January 4, and we've got everything off to a great start. Right? <laughs> Getting the new year kicked off right. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Hope everybody had a great January 1. Yeah. Do you, is, is January 1 really the big day or is it the, the I eve? I think it's the eve. Hope everybody had a safe eve. Yeah. January 1 is when everyone's recovering from staying up late. Oh my goodness. And... I'm back to the... I had a brief stint where I would stay up and Until watch midnight. the ball drop. Yeah. Why How did that matter? Yeah. Now I just get to bed. Yeah. Up, up Tell north. Tell the children to celebrate quietly. Right. Up north at places like Traverse City, they actually have their... Well, they do a cherry, and obviously, instead of a regular ball okay. because it's Traverse City. Yeah. But... People stand out in the frigid cold and watch the thing sink. And I'm like, hmm, I'd rather just sit inside where it's warm. Thank you. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to. You have inspired me to have a new Christmas tradition at my, or or a New Year's tradition at my family's home. Okay. (laughs) Family's home. I guess that makes sense. Yes. I shouldn't have laughed at myself. (laughs) (laughs) Do I? No, I'm thinking, what if I would get, like, all the Christmas lights that I take down, yeah. Okay. So I'll take them down on uh-huh. New Year's Eve. Yes. And then I will wad them all up into a great big ball. <laughs> and then when it gets to be close to that time, I'll go on the roof and <laughs> drop, drop it off the edge right on oh, time. Of course. I knew that. Do you think I'll have thousands of people gathered in my yard someday? Uh, probably not. I bet the news will be there. You know, my brother used to have one of those sphere things that you would open and close. It would like start a sphere, really. Sphere? Like. Sphere. Oh, a sphere. Yes. It would be this real pokey thing. It was made of plastic, but then you would pull it and it would open oh, yes. up to it this giant. It expands to this giant. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should have that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And put the lights in it. I always thought now, it would be cool to have lights in it. Do you really thing. think I should be on the roof? No. At Christmas, or I mean New Year's Eve? No. In winter, which is, you know, You normally. can't even get on the roof any <laughs> other time of year when there is no snow and ice and things I like that. I can get on the roof. It's not and wise. let me tell you. Let's I count can, the number of times you've almost fallen off or can, have fallen off. I have done that a number of times. Yeah. Anyway, hope everybody had a great New Year's. And now let's get on with what we're going to talk about today. And let's just give you a newsflash. It's going to be some of our favorite episodes or segments from the past. Yeah, we like to call this the best of the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. Right. We've got a bunch of good stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about the trades with Brad Krause. We're going to talk about how to get barn wood 
from Brand New Pine, mm-hmm. how to turn new pine into barn wood. But right now, let's talk about some wood finishes. We did this a while back. We started yeah. talking about tongue oil. Mm-hmm. And we just took a common finish that people read about on the internet all the time and want to use. Yeah. And we kind of gave you the skinny on it. Mm-hmm. What's good about it, where it really falls short, and all right. of that. Right. Tongue oil. It yeah. was very interesting. You probably want to go and check that out if you missed it. Mm-hmm. Because tongue oil is a little confusing. It is a little Now we're going to talk about shellac. And this yeah. whole thing came about because you and I, Betsy, mm-hmm. got invited to Evergreen Commons. They have a wood shop there. Yeah. And we were brought in, invited in, to talk about wood finishes. Yeah. To the woodworkers there. Yeah, who have to... an immense amount of skill. Oh, we my were blown goodness. away at the work they do. Yes, I wish I had the talent that those people do. I would say guys, but there are some no, ladies definitely. in there that do absolutely beautiful work as well. And yeah, we were supposed to present for an hour, and we were there for like two hours. Two hours <laughs> answering questions. It was a great time. Yeah. And we really covered tons of different wood finish stuff yeah. because there are so many things out there mm-hmm. and so many questions in people's minds. Right. And so we thought we'd just keep working through some of that material, and we'd talk about shellac today. Yes. Uh, shellac, some people know and some people don't, is actually a natural product that is secreted by the female lac bug, which is like a beetle type of thing. Um, so they sit on a branch and they yak it up, right? They just, yeah, <laughs> something right? And then like there it that. is. Well, or it's a secretion, so I don't know that they... Where does it come from? I don't oh, know. Oh, I just assumed... <laughs> I didn't think about the other. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so it's like India, Asia, those parts of the world where all of this is coming from, and then they scrape it off the trees that the bugs were in, in big sheets, and then they do all kinds of things to you know Process clean it up it. so we don't have some nasty tree bark in with it. Um, you and can buy it in flakes. Yeah, yep. So it comes in actual flakes mm-hmm. that you mix then and dissolve in denatured alcohol. Right. That's one way to make your shellac mixes. Mm-hmm. And another way is to just buy it straight off the shelf. Yeah, which is the way we sell it. Um, Zinzer makes one. It's uh, called... Bullseye. Yeah, Bullseye Shellac. And it comes in a clear and an amber color because you get variations Mm -hmm. in the shellacs. If you buy the flakes, you have even more options for colors. Right. The one that's mixed... Has a limited shelf life. You've yes. got about a shelf yep. life of a year right. from the time that it's mixed at the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. If you buy the flakes and mix it yourself, once it's mixed, you've got right. a certain amount of time before that goes bad. Yes. Now, if you look online and dig into shellac, and really uh, one of the main reasons people do is because they want to do a process on whatever they're working on mm-hmm. called French polishing. They want to finish it yeah. in a very traditional manner, and French polishing is a very traditional way of finishing furniture and stuff like that. Yes. And when you dig into it, shellac is used and it's always talked about in terms of pound cuts. Right. You know, you need a one pound cut or a two pound cut or a three pound Mm -hmm. cut. And that's a little confusing. All that means is how many pounds of the shellac flakes Mm -hmm. are mixed into one gallon of denatured alcohol. Right. So a two pound cut has two pounds of flakes mixed in with a gallon of alcohol. Right. The pre-mixed stuff comes at about a three pound cut. Yeah, I think so. Now, shellac can be brushed on. It can be sprayed on. It can even be wiped on. And that's that French polishing thing. Right. Explain that just quickly. It's super labor intensive. Um, Basically, you take a a rag, a lint-free cloth, linen or whatever, a square of it, and you put some um, other squares inside of it to make like a pad. Right. Yep. You pull all the edges up, twist it up, and then you have this giant pad so you can wipe the shellac on. You spray the shellac 
well, like not, a lot of people use a little squeeze yeah, bottle. Yeah, a squeeze bottle. Right. Put that on there and then you just start rubbing with this pad all over the, your piece of wood and you just keep rubbing and it rubbing layer, and rubbing. It puts on just minute layers yeah. of shellac with each application. You move your way across. Sometimes it gets a little sticky. Then you mm-hmm. add a little mineral oil to the pad and you keep right. going and keep going. And eventually over time, over time, it, builds, <laughs> it can build a very high gloss, very right. beautiful brush stroke free finish right you know it's absolutely beautiful yeah but it is extremely labor intensive well it's labor intensive and shellac is not known for its durability its scratch resistance its heat resistance water resistance none of those things it's you know pretty old technology right the one thing that it's got going for it in that regard is it's easy to repair Yes. Which is really good because it's really easy to damage. Right. Yes. So it's good that at least you can easily repair it. Right. But the problem with things like that French polishing, mm-hmm. which people do want to do, and yeah. there is a place for it. Yes. You know, if you've built something very old and traditional mm-hmm. and you've done all that work and you want to finish it in a traditional manner, yeah, that's the way you can to do, do it, it that way. Yeah. You just got to understand that a cup of water set on there for just a few minutes is going to leave white rings. Mm-hmm. Heat, a coffee cup. Right. All of that is problematic when it comes to shellac yeah now the place shellac really shines is when it's in french polished no when it's white pigmented shellac it's a primer that we sell bin primer some people have heard of it it's great for blocking out tannins smoke stains water stains things like that so it's great for that but it's not the durable thing right most often when we sell shellac nowadays in the store it's to block out stains yeah. to block knots right all of that if you've ever painted pine or something with a water-based product and then a few hours later or days later you see a brown ring kind right. of coming through bleeding through the finish it's because the tannin stains in the wood are bleeding through the paint mm-hmm. this white pigmented shellac primer seals all those in and it's good to go it's yeah. also great for blocking out odors right it's great for sealing in pet odors and smoke odors, cigarette smoke, all of that stuff. Right. Now, when we come back, we're going back to the vault to find more good stuff. And this time, it's going to be about how to take new pine and turn it into something that looks like aged barnwood. Worked really well for us. We'll tell you how to do it in just a minute. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. So, we were a little lazy this week and decided to just do the best of. Yes, we've saved you all the work. Right, we've found what we think are some of the best interviews, the best segments, mm-hmm. and we're playing them for you nonstop for the next few minutes. Right. <laughs> Here's another one that we liked. Well, Betsy, every now and then, the internet comes through. <laughs> and it has a project that actually works. Right. We all have done the projects that don't work. The Pinterest fails. Right. The things that about. are supposed to go so wonderfully yes. and smoothly and never go exactly like they're yep. supposed to. Mm. But then every now and then we find one that is just really the real deal. And it works really well and it's a lot of fun. We just found one of those projects. We did. And it's very exciting because it's something that's really popular now. The whole old barnwood thing. The look is very popular, but it's not always feasible to actually go and buy it. Either you can't find a source, it's too expensive, or if you're like me, you're afraid of the bugs it may bring into your house. Right, which is a a real potential. (laughs) Right. But we like that old look, that reclaimed wood look. Yeah, it's a really cool look. 
people will put that on walls. I've seen mm-hmm. that as an yeah. accent wall yep. or a headboard. Yeah. Or what? what a other light can, fixture. A light fixture. I love that look. It's so cool. Simple things like signs, yeah. things like mm-hmm. that. Yep. And they use these old weathered boards. Yeah. And that that can work in any home, really, mm-hmm. in any yeah. setting, yep, any absolutely. decor. Because we've seen relatively sleek and modern type mm-hmm. areas, kitchens, yeah. with this element. Just softens it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Really cool. But like Betsy was saying, sometimes getting a hold of reclaimed lumber mm-hmm. is easier said than done. Right. And sometimes it's quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. So how cool would it be if we could make our own? If we could right. just age the wood the 150 years or whatever. Right. Just like that, in the snap of a finger. Well, well, you can never snap one finger. No. I'm going to try right now. See, there's nothing. <laughs> it takes two. That's called wiggling your fingers. And if you if you snap your fingers and slow motion video that, uh-huh. the sound comes from your one finger hitting your palm. Oh, it's not from yeah. anything your fingers do. Just so you know. Why, thank you. A little bit of something there. Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) it would be wonderful to age wood that quickly. It would. And, you know, the Internet is full of different ideas as to how to get this. And really what we have discovered is there are two aspects to aging wood. First, there's the actual physically distressing of the wood that you're working with, the new wood that Mm -hmm. you're working with, because that's a big component. Yes, you can do it on a flat board, but it just doesn't have the same feel. Definitely does not have the character. No. So there's a, this physical nature to it, and right. then there's the, the bringing the color in. Right, that gray color that you get. Right. We're going to cover both of those. Mm-hmm. The first thing with physically distressing it, you can do that in any number of ways. Yeah. Really, it's about being creative, and mm-hmm. it's about knowing when to quit. Yeah. What worked best for us mm-hmm. was using just a wire brush. Yeah, stiff wire brush, and I would like to comment, we did this on pine. We tried a number of other different types of wood, and they tended to fuzz up a little bit when we used the wire brush over top of them. They just, or they were much harder to work with. You didn't get that deep definition that you were getting the with pine the pine. just looked so great yeah. as, as you were working. It, it was easy natural. to work with. You could do this with anything, like yeah. Betsy's saying, try it. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing with all of this, is yeah. try it. But we had a ton of fun physically distressing it. Yeah. You know, we went over it with the wire brush. Mm-hmm. There was a point where I ran it through a bandsaw just on a little bit of a skew yeah. to give that, Gives that rough saw look. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All of that can be done. The big thing that we learned in all of that is is knowing when to quit. Right. When it starts to look good, wrap it up and move on to another piece. It's right. a ton of fun. Practice. Yes. Now let's talk about aging it with some sort of stain or a process, a homebrew that you right. can create yourselves. And stain is one way to go. We've got a formula that we worked out mm-hmm. that worked really well on the pine. Yeah. Yep. But you're going to want to test it on all different woods. Yeah, because they're going to take it a little bit differently. Right. And it's just going to give you that gray look. Mm-hmm. So you would distress it, and then you, you you take this physically distressed piece, right. and you apply the stain. The upside to the stain is that it's very uniform yeah, and very consistent. Yeah, you're going to get the same color, roughly, on every board that you do. Right, and you can leave it days apart mm-hmm. and still come back and put a new stain on, or put the stain back on, and you're going to get the same color. Right. Like we said, make sure you're sampling different woods and all of mm-hmm. that to get the, you know, the wood and the look that you want. The stain might need to be adjusted. Yeah. We've got a general... Starting point, right? out at all the stores. Mm-hmm. We've given them the formula. You just ask them about it. They'll make it up for you. Right. That's a stain, yeah. typical stain. Mm-hmm. Another way to go would be the homebrew method, which on the internet is use vinegar and steel wool. You make a vinegar and steel wool solution yep. and apply that to the wood. 
Right. Now, there are a lot of varying methods out there. What we found works best is to brew a really, really, really strong tea um, that kind of acts as a normal tannin Don't would. Don't drink that tea. No. You did that. That was kind of dumb. really bad. <laughs> um, and then we took our steel wool put the vinegar over top of it, let it sit. We actually cut our steel wool apart into little That's supposed to speed the chemical process up a little bit. The one thing I warn you about is make sure that you strain that steel wool out of your vinegar mixture before you use it because we did not do that and we ended up with a bunch of little steel wool particles all over. Right, so you soak it in this solution. Yep. You know, punch holes in the lid of whatever container you yeah. put it in. Otherwise there it'll is, explode. <laughs> right. There, well, it could. Yeah. There is a chemical reaction going on yeah. and it stinks like crazy. So yes, be aware of that. You let it sit, like Betsy said, mm-hmm. overnight, a couple days, all of that. Yep. And then when you're ready, you take mm-hmm. the tea. And this is the part that a lot of the websites miss. Yeah. You got to put these things together. You take the tea and you brush that on the wood. Mm-hmm. You can let it dry. If yep. you let it dry, it seems to become even darker when you add the vinegar solution. Right. You can hit it when it's wet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Sample it. Test it. Right. The big thing is you make sure you add the tea because that infuses even more tannins into the wood. And that's what this iron and vinegar solution reacts with. So it's a right. chemical reaction that literally grays the wood as you watch. It is, it is crazy. a ton of fun. Now, the downside of using this vinegar solution mm-hmm. instead of stain yeah. is that it's a little more inconsistent. As yeah. you leave it over time, mm-hmm. you come back a couple days later the solution is stronger than it was before. It darkens quicker. There's a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. But that's also the upside to it. You get this very natural look, you know, very natural old look, and you get a lot of variation. Whereas stain keeps it very uniform, this gives you a lot of variation and it looks very authentic. Either way, whatever you do, you can top coat it with Mm -hmm. a varnish. We did it with a matte polyurethane, Repcolite's Mirapoly, in a matte finish. You can barely see that it's there, but now it gives the wood some protection, makes it a little easier to wipe down if you're doing a wall or who Mm -hmm. knows what you're doing. And there's all kinds of different ways to distress it and to give it like a painted look or a a peeling paint kind of a look without actually doing something that's, you know, literally peeling paint. Well, I think we can come back to this topic. We're going to have to because it was so cool. Well, and so that we can cover that whole paint over top and how you get certain looks once you've got your gray aged boards what do you do after that so stay tuned to the future because we will be covering stay tuned to the future that's going to be my new tagline stay (laughs) tuned to the future anyway we've got all of what we just talked about in the show notes at repcolite.com right you want to get there and check it out Mm -hmm. now betsy we're going back to the vault for an interview that we ran a number of months ago with Brad Krause from Service Professor, the president of Service Professor. And we talked mm-hmm. about the trades and the yeah. importance of the trades. Yes, because how many of us know how to fix our toilet when it's really broken? Our toilets, our electrical, all of these jobs that we need uh-huh. that aren't being filled right now. It's a really important topic and it's a really good interview. It You're going to want to hang around and catch it. That's coming up in just a minute. Stick around. You want to take your DIY skills up a rung? The Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, it's time for another trip down memory lane. We're going to spin some oldies for you, right? Uh-huh. That's DJ talk for we're running reruns today. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but it's some of the best interviews that we think we've done, and this is one of them. Mm hmm. 
Well, Betsy, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about trades. Yes. Yeah, we're going to trade all kinds of stuff, like the baseball cards. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Oh, of course. I still have them in my parents' basement, I think. I don't. My mom threw all of my baseball cards away, and I repeatedly see values uh-huh. come up, and I know uh-huh. I had multiples of those cards. Yep. We're going to talk about different kind of trades, though. Yes, More the important, important kind. Things. Yes, we're in the studio with president of Service Professor, Brad Kraus. Brad, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me again. again. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Brad's been back multiple times. Yep. Did your mom ever throw away your baseball cards? You know, it's a, a great topic because I was absolutely a baseball card, basketball card collector, and mine are in safekeeping. I'm, I'm happy to say they are in my basement. Oh. Well, I guess I should be happy for them. <laughs> well, <laughs> upset. That's how the, bitter I am. That's the old story, right? Everybody's lost them because of uh, uh-huh. accidental throwaways. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it wasn't an accident. She was on a spree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She says that it was happens. my fault. Oh, well. Anyway, we anyway. want to talk about trades. Yep. And just the need for workers out there because really. If you look at article after article, Mm -hmm. you find that nationwide, there are more trade jobs in carpentry and electrical and plumbing, you name it, than there are people to fill them. In fact, in getting ready for this, I was skimming around and came across a report that came out of Grand Valley State University Mm -hmm. just last year, and it talked about how there's 80,000 skilled trade jobs remain unfulfilled in Michigan. So 80,000 jobs unfulfilled and they suggest that that's that's a problem for the future economy of the state. So, digging into that. Mm-hmm. With service professor, you guys do HVAC, plumbing, electrical, duct cleaning, all kinds of stuff. Sewer. Oh, right. Du- all of that. Yep. Do you see this same issue in your search for workers or just in the industry? Do you see people struggling to to fill these jobs? The the struggle is definitely real, as they say. It's uh, it's a it's a serious problem today. Uh, our our workforce is retiring, frankly, mm-hmm. and uh, through a lot of a lot of different reasons. I certainly have some opinions about this topic, uh, which you know you know about some of my work that I'm doing behind the scenes, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get into yeah. to try fulfilling this uh, this obligation we have to to you know bring in new and younger folks into this workforce. Um, but it absolutely is very difficult. I. Even being the president of the company, I, I enjoy talking to people, as you know, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do take the uh, the recruitment part of our, our business head on myself. Uh, I, I play a very large role in that part um, as far as just recruiting from apprentices to seasoned technicians, if you can find them, uh, different things of that nature. And so I'm, I'm very much involved in it and definitely can solidify that there is a serious issue out there. Well, I know for me, when I was getting ready to go to college... They said you have to go to college. I didn't necessarily want to go, but I was given like that one job or you can go flip burgers or, you know, work at the grocery store bagging people's groceries. There, Nobody said anything about, about going into the trade. Right. Other options. It's just been drilled into my head from, like you said, the point I was little. I know my kids growing up, you know, right now I've got two high school seniors all that has ever been presented really mm-hmm. as a viable option is really college. Right. The other option is really bad. <laughs> right. That's yeah. part of the problem. Why do you, you know, you said you've got opinions about why we're here. Let's just start with that. Why do you think we are here at this point? Sure. You know, there's definitely, a, like you said, there's a stigma out there that there is 
two options and one's mm-hmm. good and one's bad. And, right. y- you know, and this is not an anti-college uh, segment, I don't believe. I'm mm-hmm. very much for college. I went to I'm college. I'm going to put my anti-college sign away <laughs> right now. No, not anti-college at all. That's I right. I went to college too. You can yeah. tell by how smart I sound. That's uh-huh. exactly right. And, and as, an, as a master electrician, I went to college and I pursued my business degree while going through my apprenticeship. So there's still value there. But, you know, if we all look at it, let's face it. College isn't meant for everybody, whether it be, you know, their academic ability or mm-hmm. their want in life, what they want to do, or frankly, financially, sometimes it's not, it's not doable for a lot of people. And so, you know, my, my theory on this is as even myself graduating in the late, late nineties, uh, we had shop class, we had welding class at mm-hmm. Greenville high school where I graduated from. Go Yellow Jackets. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, we had those classes, but it was a short, you know, 10 years later where most of those classes were taken out and right. they were replaced with computer labs and different things of that nature because of the budgets that all of our schools face. And that, that struggle is real as well. And we get that. But they cut out all these manufacturing jobs that are, excuse me, um, classes that were prepping mm-hmm. people for the trades. And when we say trades, all the things that we do, certainly, but drywall, but, you know, manufacturing, mm-hmm. all those things that do not require college education. And people can make a great living doing them. So it's definitely been a, a pain point for me and some of the things I'm doing behind the scenes to kind of rejuvenate the, uh, the, the luster of going into the trades and perhaps avoiding college debt. Or if you do still go to college, still knowing what the trades do offer. Well, the college debt thing, you know, th- that's one of the things with my daughter. You know, she had, she's got a plan. She's mm-hmm. going to college. And so this has been a huge process. I don't even know how long ago she really started getting everything together. I'm very fortunate that she really <laughs> she took the reins. Took the reins on this. But we, you know, looking at all the prices and everything, a private school, the average tuition is about thirty five grand if you mm-hmm. live there. Per right? year. Per year. And one of the things I was reading is that generally, you know, nationwide again, the average student that goes for four years for a four year degree mm-hmm usually takes six years before they're out. And so it's not just the four years times right. 35000 On average, it's mm-hmm. even more than that. So the debt just piles up. And how do you dig out from underneath that? Right. And you wouldn't believe how many resumes we get with people with bachelor degrees. And here they are now applying to be an electrical apprentice or a plumbing mm-hmm. apprentice because, you know, but they still they still have that debt. We have a, a great electrical apprentice right now named Ben. And uh, he, he has a four-year degree and he's a smart gentleman, no doubt about it, which is why he was attractive to us. And we hired him. But he says all the time, he wishes he knew what he knows now four years ago before right. he mm-hmm. went into school. Um, and, and that's just because he knows what's meant for him in his life. It doesn't mean that he's wrong for going to college. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where I think that the realization of, hey, at 21, 22 years old after high school, I, I could be making close to, if not above a six-figure income without any debt. That That's appealing. Mm-hmm. And, and these young folks that want to go into that, they just have to find the right company. And I don't blame parents for thinking there's no luster in the trades. And I think that's because of years. Well, that's how we of- were you know, in college. That was right. drilled into our heads. Like Betsy said, there's two options. If you don't go to college, you're going to be, you know, scrounging for food in alleyways and mm-hmm. things like that, <laughs> right. right? Well, yeah. I never even thought there was an option. And mom and dad, you know, the generation before, mm-hmm. they didn't go to college. So they were bound and determined to get us to college. So that all worked together to mm-hmm. cement that idea. Well, the problem I had is when I got out of college, all of a sudden, 
everybody has a bachelor's degree, so you have to set yourself apart. So you have to go to school to try to get your master's. So now you're putting even more money into it, and you're further back in actually starting to make money. How many of us don't know people that just kept going back? And then half the time you don't use your degree. Well, I have a degree in something that I am not using right now. (laughs) I'm just really, really, really cranking on my English major that I've got. Uh You speak well, Dan. That's why you're on the radio. He does. I use the wrong words. That's why I make fun of him all the time, because I know he's an English major. Easy target. Big target. Yeah. But like um, Ben, I think it was, you mentioned, right? Yeah, absolutely. What he's saying is is one of the things that I've noticed and we're making decisions you know the, the high mm-hmm. schoolers as they're yeah. leaving school they're making huge decisions and we really have no idea at that point I had no idea really what I right. wanted to do with my life you know I thought I knew some stuff but yeah you get a few years even beyond just leaving high school you start to clarify a little bit in your mind about what you want to do but man you're making those decisions right off the bat that is tough. Well, there's a lot of great students out there that are absolutely destined for a master's degree and, and mm-hmm. more power to them. It's just really when you look at the percentage of them that weren't destined for that mm-hmm. and yet they have this debt when, when they come out of the backside of it. And and there's such an opportunity there. And you know, when I say it's not the fault of the parents or people saying don't don't go into the trades, and I think that's from years of the, the trades not being ran well by mm-hmm. business owners. And yeah. you know, we, we become stained to that of, you know, you're going to go work for these companies that don't run good businesses. And mm-hmm. I, and I appreciate that. So I think the number one most important thing is that you, you partner with a good company mm-hmm. that does have future opportunities for you. Um, I'm happy to say that every one of our managers have been promoted from within. Uh, you know, they were former technicians. So even as far as climbing the ladder, if you will, I mean, our managers might declare whether it was a demotion or promotion. I have to ask them personally, <laughs> right? But, um, but they're all managers now. I think right. with the exception of HR, you know, you, mm-hmm. don't, you don't grab a plumber and say, hey, let's try your hand at HR. Let's see how this goes for you. But well, you could. That'd that, be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun, right? <laughs> they, they were hired from outside. But yeah. if you partner with the right company, there's absolutely a great opportunity in the trades. Well, Brad, we want to get into more and really get practical about mm-hmm. what do we do? You know, what kind of things How can do be done into it? to get this thing moving in the right direction? Can you hang with us over the break? Absolutely. All right. We'll be back in the studio with Brad Krause in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. And we're in the studio with President of Service Professor Brad Krause. Brad, thanks for being here. Absolutely. We've been talking about trades and the need for skilled trade workers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were kind of hammering on in the last segment is just the fact that college isn't for everybody. College is for certain people. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Brad, there's certain people that are just destined for that, but it's not for everybody. Who is an ideal candidate when it comes to trade work? I mean, who really can you see being drawn to something like that? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's a, a certain bio that, that fits the that fits the bill. It, it's really anybody that's interested in it. Uh, like I said, we've we've got uh, non-college educated uh, technicians. We've got college educated technicians. So it's it's all across the board. Uh, I just 
uh, spoke with a female uh, recruit for that's an, a journeyman electrician uh, that's interested in joining the company. So you see many more females getting into the trades as well. That's very relevant. There's some great companies around the country that uh, put a, a focal point on hiring uh, females. Uh, where we put a huge focal point on that as well if we can find them. Obviously, they're, they're mm-hmm. a little more scarce mm-hmm. to, to run across, but also veterans, you know, uh, bringing in our veterans with what we do. Being a, a service company is, is huge, and they're injecting themselves back into civilian life, and mm-hmm. they kind of come out of the military with the, the yes sirs and no ma'ams, <laughs> and, and that's perfect for us, being that we're so customer-facing, mm-hmm. being in the service business and not the construction side. Mm-hmm. So what about skills? You know, people, do they have to have a preset? You know, for example, I was never handy at all when it came to things like a car. My dad was really good with engines and stuff like that. It completely blew my mind. I couldn't do it. Once I got my own stuff and I didn't have money to to pay other people to fix things, I all of a sudden became more adept at things. But there would have been a point that I would have figured there's no way I could ever be a mechanic because I felt like I didn't have the necessary skills. Do you have to have a certain set of skills or are those things that are trained in some sort of apprentice program? You know, it's funny you say that because I'd say you and I are cut from the same cloth. I, mm-hmm. I was the same way. My, my father is very, very handy with almost anything, can still figure out anything today. And I just wasn't, I wasn't handy. Uh, but yeah, I'm a master electrician. So no, mm-hmm. not really. You don't have to be are you mechanically good? gifted. <laughs> I am. I think I'm okay. a decent electrician. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not a bad one. Put it that good. way. Awesome. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think, it, again, anybody that's interested in just exploring it, you don't have to have a preset uh, of skills we have many apprentices that never used a tool in their life, you know, until they showed up and they're doing fantastic now. It's just, it's what interests you and what you want to do. Now, what if there are people who are destined for college, kids who are destined for that, but they think that this might be a path they want to go down, some sort of trade. How do they go about getting into one of these? How do they find a company or are there college programs? Yeah, where programs? do you even begin? Right. How do you start this process? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is exploring You know, who's hiring and, and who might take on apprenticeships because that is the difficult part. As, as you know, employers, we want people that already come in with a craft, but we look at it from a different angle. We we also see that people come in with experience in the, in the trades, also come with oftentimes a certain level of bad habits that they've mm-hmm. picked up over the years. And, right. and getting a new guy that, you know, is coming out of high school or just never been in part of the trades, they don't come with those bad habits. So, you, you know, we were able to hire on personality then, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that is easy to talk to from my standpoint, I know will also be easy to talk to from our customer standpoint. So that's what we hire based off his personality we don't we don't even ask him you know what their mechanical aptitude was before that whether it be with cars or working with their hands or any of those things we we, we hire based off personality you don't have a small test that they've <laughs> got to complete with mechanical things not not if they're a non-experienced apprentice uh experienced yeah, people that would probably they be do. really dangerous <laughs> yes yeah here wire this for me a minute yeah oh he's not gonna i'm be any better good. at wiring than you are I let's you are. face it now brad you are talking about uh, in previous conversations that you and I have had about a program that you're trying to put into play. Sure. Why don't we talk about that a little bit at the end here? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, you know, I've, I've had this initiative and I've, I've reached out to school counselors because that's really where the whole thing starts. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these people that are you know, perhaps confused coming out of high school, these kids that are looking for some direction, we need to tap into that counselor realm around West Michigan. And that's what I'm attempting to do. And I've set up a program called Ride and Decide. So if you're 
you know, if, if your son or daughter is not, not knowing where they want to go, what mm-hmm. direction they're headed after high school, they can simply come to service professor, jump in a truck of the trade of their choice, um, and, and ride for a day and see what it's like to be a technician for a day. And then, you know, and then decide, do I want to go to college? Do I want to, you know, be a technician? Do I want to perhaps get into drywall or manufacturing or whatever the case might be? And I think having those opportunities available uh, with no obligation on the backside is very important. It's going to help them make decisions. So trying to get that set up with our, our school counselors and and know that we're we're willing to you know sacrifice that time and be, be of help for them, be of assistance. Right, because I know digging into it, you know, with my kids, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of resources out there if this is the route they're maybe thinking they want to go. There's right. a lot of information if they want help. You know, getting college loans figured out and <laughs> yeah. you know, scholarship mm-hmm. and financial aid and all of those things and helping them figure out what programs they want to get into. But you start asking questions about the trade and really right. the answers that we've received, because my son has asked some of these questions because I've got twins doing this. Mm-hmm. And the answers he's gotten are basically go to college. And then I think they're hoping that they'll figure things out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a really great program and a great opportunity because at Service Professor, walk us through just some of the trades that just under your one roof are happening. Yeah. So we have uh, our electrical department. It's really what we cut our teeth on back in 1978. And uh, we have plumbing, uh, heating and cooling, uh, and then uh, duct cleaning, sewer uh, replacement and repair, and now duct sealing. So, um, and all of those, you know, have the installation department besides the service department. So there's kind of mm-hmm. two under each umbrella there also. And, you know, it's it's just, it's really cool to do. And if we are able to meet some good young folks through this process, through the ride and decide thing, like we, our marketing teams already ha- has it set up that we're hoping to have a, a signing day. You know, you see in the sports when mm-hmm. they pull the hat up of which which uh, you know, a college right. are going to, to play you know basketball mm-hmm. and declare we we want to do that and cool. kind of publicize it and say hey you're 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 making a decision mm-hmm. you're declaring that you're going to go to work and not college and again very pro college but it's just for those that it's not meant for mm-hmm. let's give them an opportunity let's give them right. another way now for any grandparents parents even teens out there who are listening right now who are kind of interested in what what you're talking about can they actually contact service professor about this program. Absolutely. And how do they do that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll give my direct line. Uh, They can just call me directly. But you learn about the company through our website, of course, serviceprofessor.com. And I believe there's a a tab, employment tab, perhaps. And Mm -hmm. just to watch the videos of what we bring to the table from a a culture standpoint, that's really what we hang our hat on to say, we're a cool place to work, too. We're just not an electrical outfit or a Mm -hmm. plumbing outfit. But they can call me, 616-871-1903. And I'd love to give them a little bit more information about it and, and kind of learn a bit about their family member that's interested. Excellent. Brad, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure, as always. And there you go, Betsy, our best of compilation in the books. Yay! Again. It's (laughs) entered again, but this time in a new format because it's all crammed together differently. Exactly. That's why I always did my best of tapes. They were the mixtapes. You know, you would... You made your own mixtapes? Well, you would do the whole... You know, I'm listening to the radio and, oh, they said one of the songs I really love is coming up next. And so you had your little recorder and you hit play and record at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, you made your own mixtape. You made your mixtapes. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Uh-huh. I never did that. That way it really was the best of 
the best of what I wanted to listen to. <laughs> well, maybe that's what people were doing for us right now. Yeah. But they don't need to. Because no. you can actually go online and find digital files, which are way better than audio cassettes. Uh, yeah, much easier. So to you use. can find them online at repcolite.com and you can listen to this episode or any of our past episodes ad nauseum. Yeah, exactly. And make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook because the contest we ran for Christmas this past year, yeah, that's how you stay up to date on those right. things. All the Instagram followers and the Facebook people knew about it. They did. Way ahead of everybody else. Of course. Get there and you'll catch wind of what we're trying to do next. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. It's good wind. Anyway, whatever you do today, have a great one. Make pain a part of it. I'm Dan Hansen. <laughs> and you're Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we'll help you clean off Betsy's microphone from all the spit and drool that's happening right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>